0: The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled Creepy Podsta. It is the first
1: and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one.
0: Welcome to Creepy Podsta. My name is Theo Bobo. Have you ever inherited something weird? Like maybe a monkey's knee or like a bottle of of like unknown liquid what's that about what if a man had a dream for a face and then you looked at him and realized well that was the dream you just had last night what if you met a woman for dinner and then went to meet her father and her father was the grim reaper what if you ate some really good food and someone told you it was a kid (laughs) What if you found out your dad was a serial killer? And then you have the police take him to jail and that you get his house for free. And then you find out, well, the house was the serial killer? What if your best friend was Frankenstein? What if there was some sort of blood man? What if a chat room was a ghost? What if there was a haunted credit card that you could get whenever you wanted and the only way you could pay back the balance on that credit card was through nightmares that you would have that the credit card would then give you the credit card would give you the nightmares but the nightmares is also how you pay the credit card back by having them for the money that you bought with them and then what if there was a phone number on the back of that credit card for customer service and you called it and you were speaking to yourself but like from a year ago what, what if that? What, what if there was a cemetery that was online? Or what if a robot saw a ghost or had to talk to one? Uh, what if the portal to hell is inside of a Curves, a ladies' gym? <laughs> what if all men on Earth were haunted by the ghosts of their foreskins? <laughs> well, welcome to Creepy Podsta, a podcast for stuff like this horror stories, the creeps, the boogies, stories of nasties and tremblies and creepy crawlings. I'm your host, Theo Bobo, and I'm here with my co-host, Garrett, a.k.a. Laughter Beneath. Say hello, Garrett. Hello, Theo. Um, welcome
2: to the Creepy pods so everyone. We've been talking about doing this for quite some time. We're going to be covering all the... This- wild stories that emerge in this age of the internet more than ever it's kind of like everyone has become their own sort of stephen king and there's just an endless flow from it and uh it's really cool but also you know
0: kind of brings us to places you didn't really think the mind could go yeah so i'm excited i'm excited too we explore a lot of crazy stuff here and we're really really lucky on our first episode here of Creepy Pasta to be joined by thaddeus rowling um, a renowned writer of horror and microfiction in the community, Thaddeus. How are you? Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you, Theo. Thank you, Gar- thank you, Garrett. Uh, I'm well, and I just, I'm just so glad that after having lost my other podcast, Weeping Ashes, I'm able to come on to this one. And uh, just, rest know, peace Share, to share my fiction. Yeah, share my fiction.
2: We're lucky that well, it was even. If- in the world that we were able to get weeping ashes so thank you for yeah. doing it
1: yeah no problem it was it you was know a labor of love but it had to end
0: wh- um what if that you know there was a uh, that weeping ashes what if that had uh what if a podcast had a ghost like wow. people do i'm sure that podcast wow. is still
2: haunting um, thaddeus so why don't we move along theo wow
0: Uh, Yeah, we can talk about ourselves, you know, why we're, um, you know, people that that have the right to to kind of provide um, stories to people. Uh, My name is Theo Bobo. I've been um, a no sleep guy. I've been a creepypasta guy all the way since the days of 4chan. I'm glued to my little seat here. I love reading these with all the lights off at 4 in the morning, tossing and turning in bed, and then scaring myself. I'm just a nut for it. Uh, Big social media guy. You guys can follow me on Insta and Twitter. Um, Constantly posting on there. um, You know, making faces. Uh, like there's a big thing I do kind of I do online is, uh, you know, when there's a new big thing that comes out, I, I post my reaction face to it, like my mouth open and not like a soy face, more cool, but kind of stuff like that. And people love me and, uh, you know, kind of communicate with me there and uh, branching my way out here into podcasting. And uh, I'm really excited with what we have ready to go. Uh, Garrett, you want to tell them a little bit about, you know, what got you into the field? Sure. I mean, I kind of come from
2: the same area as Theo. Um, big no-sleep person, known on there as Laughter Beneath. I have been there for many years, one of the top um, karma earners on that subreddit, um, and I actually transitioned into being a mod, uh, which I'm very Oh, congratulations. Happy- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Wow. Um, Amazing. i uh, been pushing for it for quite some time, um, and it's been a great experience. You know, no-sleep is sort of an extension and a place to post personal stories that you wrote, and people can know that you wrote it. Um, It's a little bit different from creepypastas, and people are probably wondering, what is creepypasta? It doesn't make any sense. Um, I'll explain, I'll break it down for you. So the thing is, is it comes from uh, parts of the internet, some of the darker, creepier, stranger parts, a lot of strange characters that come through these parts of the internet, namely a site called 4chan, and this site, has a lot... Well, they're sort of kind of credited of inventing memes. And these memes have been around for way before um, a lot of the memes that are around now. But Creepypasta comes from a play on copypasta. And copypasta is something that is uh, so usually a fictional fictional story or a fictional post or uh, a trolling post intended to stir people up. And when it's and it's posted so many times it loses the original source or where it was from usually, and so it's copy and pasted over and over again. So it got the kind of the playful term "copy pasta." Um, when people start doing this with more eerie and scary stories, well, you know the name makes sense: "creepy pasta." So that's where it comes from. And I don't really go on Fortune uh, as much. I don't really go slash X slash is kind of Thaddeus is a known. Well, he's always been scouring that area for you know over the past decade, and you know kudos to him, kudos to you, Thaddeus, because the place Thank is you. too messed up for me.
1: Yeah, you uh, you really have to enter into writing the creepy pasta with a dark mind to begin with, um, especially when you talk about uh, the X board. I like to call it. I like to shorten it to X board. You don't have to. You don't have to always say the slash x slash. You can oh say, well. Hey, you know, board. I'm
2: just a layman, so um, yeah. But because of your knowledge of it, you're actually consulting with um, Activision on the Creepypasta That's Battle right. Royale game. That's right. Um,
1: we're gonna have all of your favorite characters. You can play as all your favorite characters. Um, you can play as the uh, Corner Baby. You can play as Jeff the Killer. Oh wow! You can play as the Rake. You can play
0: as Sonic.exe. You can play as in Sonic. We are we going s- to right see now maybe Sega. a Momo skin? There might be a Momo skin. Oh, I to,
2: I'd love that. to be Momo. I'd love to be the yeah. Momo.
0: Um, are you going to be able to play as Doing the Dumps Man? Uh, you know what? We've had a lot of trouble with Rockstar Games trying to get rights to him so uh, okay. i'm, I'm so thinking you, that it's not it's not 100 you'd be able to do the dump there's no yeah. way
2: that you guys are going to let people play as slender man there has to be like an event right like no. i can't imagine yeah. like it's it'd be so overpowered yeah so. it's it's probably it's probably going
1: to be the if we do if we ever do get slender man in the game we're probably going to
2: launch it in the milwaukee area to see if to see how they like it versus. it be would it be sort of like kind of I mean I don't we'll get into this a little bit later. Are you gonna be is gonna be all, you know? creepy pasta favorites there's gonna be operatives like scp operatives that you play as or yes do
0: you get a play as uh milter mr milton's mysterious corn
1: yes we are looking into mysterious corn as one of the characters and as you said scp we are looking into scp right now we are trying to secure rights for all thirty thousand scps that are out there uh and they are writing more every day like you know we definitely want to get the haunted box as one of the characters, we definitely want to get oh, the haunted yeah. staircase as one of the characters. We definitely want to get the haunted pen as one of the characters.
2: What about the cursed um, nineteen ninety nine GMC Sonoma?
1: That we are waiting word from Chevrolet to see if they'll allow us. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, we're we're gonna get into yeah. SCP a little bit later. We'll probably read some of those entries. Uh,
0: um, beware, real, a lot of them is that,
2: are declassified. Do you mind files. if I
0: ask Thaddeus real quick something? Is that Thaddeus? Is that why you're Podcast ended. You're going to work for this, or was there a different reason you? Well, you Wait, know, was that too much? You want me to that, cut the, that? Was that personal? No no, or I'm no, sorry? no, no, no,
1: It's it's okay. It's it's okay. I I ended Weeping Ashes because I was contracted to start another podcast called Shattered Dreams. Uh, it was going to be in the same vein as Weeping Ashes, and like is and like you know you don't want to spread yourself too thin.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and then it's going to be the same contact? It's going
1: to be the exact same content. In fact, I'll be re recording all three episodes I did with Weeping Ashes, all three episodes I did over the oh
0: your lifespan. Oh, congratulations. Yeah.
2: Oh, wow. You put your heart and soul into that. And yeah, do you think I it really will. Did. I mean, excuse me if I'm overreaching. Do you think it will be too much for you to? I mean you've already smoked 3 clove cigarettes in these in this like 10 minutes we've been recording. <gasps> I,
1: have, I I have a massive headache right now. Um, <laughs> I can I can barely see the
2: screen. Um,
0: well, just lean back, lean back. We'll, lean, you know, we just, don't want to pressure okay. you or anything. You're our guest we here. we get you
2: like a cold water bottle to put on your head. Okay. A cold
0: water. Okay.
2: Um so so here we are. So why don't we, we kind of explain this world. Um, if people don't understand, once we get into reading some of these, I think they'll have a little bit of a better idea of what it's all about, what we love about it, what scares us, and why we keep coming back for more.
0: Yeah, yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. So I do you mind if I get started on that? Please. Uh, yeah, let's get going. Please. All right, what scares me? Um, maybe there's a guy with like an ill-fitting suit standing forebodely in a place that I'm intimately comfort- comfortable with, such as my bedroom or a GameStop. Um, perhaps he would be looking at me in an eerie way, but in a way that's very open-ended, um, where he could be my ally or my greatest enemy. To me, it's really the sense of the unknown that scares me. Also, anything made out of blood or anything described as blood-like uh, if somebody's wearing red and they say it's the color of blood, I get scared. Um, I get really scared. Um, what about the smell no. of blood? Ooh, the smell of like, blood. oh, the, yeah. the whole
2: room smelt of blood. Like, oh, that's visceral.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you're reading a story and they're like, and then he sh- came out of the shadows like blood and stood there like a big pile of blood <laughs> overlooked. Like, that stuff scares me. Crazy. Um, the idea of murder terrifies me like somebody doing that um maybe somebody not knowing they did it um scares me frankenstein scares me um you know bones goblins i mean the list where do you end <laughs> what What about you guys well, what scares uh, I th- you guys
2: i kind of um all those things you know they usually kind of get under your skin and make you crawl a ghost yeah yeah. That's what about right. yeah. what about maybe a staircase that's in the middle of oh. a forest that leads <laughs> to nowhere?
0: Yeah. Oh wow! Can I ask you something? When you step on that first step of the staircase, what sound does it make?
2: Maybe a loud clang, or maybe mm-hmm. a musical Scary. note.
0: Scary. Oh, even scarier. Um, yeah. Um, um, what if
2: what if your webcam turned on while you're asleep? And it recorded you pulling off your underwear in your sleep because you became too hot and you were just sleeping naked. And then it uploaded the video of you naked to all of your social media, your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram. What if it it put you on TikTok and it added um, Ariana Grande? People people say that might be funny, but like, no, that's creepy because technology, you can't trust it. You can't trust it. I mean, yeah, um,
1: if, it, if that what had if happened, I would assume dad, that you downloaded something off the deep web and it, and it ooh, put the a deep virus web. on your computer. That's Thaddeus's,
2: that's Thaddeus's, yeah, that's your whole yeah. territory. I stay away yeah. from all that. Tor and all that? Oh, no. No, 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 what no. What
0: if your dad dies, but you are very uh, not connected to him? You He abandoned you and there's no one else to give his funeral but you, so you go and have him cremated and instead of giving you uh, his ashes back... They give you a, U- a usb drive wow and they, well and, um, and, uh, another
2: thing that i find very interesting is um i'm sure you guys are familiar with the mandela effect and essentially yes. what this is, is is you remember a character from a children's show having a mustache but everything that you can find on the internet and like all sources doesn't show him with the mustache at all even though you're certain of even talking about his mustache as a child and that's creepy and that's important
0: it's showing is there is there something are we shifting in our reality is that possible i could have sworn there was a white nationalist child on rocket power i could have sworn and everyone I, tells me i'm crazy there was I am fairly certain there was his name was rero right
2: he had a tattoo he was a kid with a tattoo
0: yeah, yeah, and I talked. Write... I
2: talked to my brother. I would say, "Well, um, you remember the Adventures of Pete and Pete? We all remember that show, Nickelodeon he classic. Sword, yeah. He had a tattoo of a mermaid on his forearm." I said, "Well, they did that again on a later Nickelodeon show with uh, the the neo Nazi kid having a tattoo, and then you look it up, and they cut, they cut everything."
0: And not only is it not there, people are calling you an idiot.
2: They're saying it never existed. It kind of reminds Mm -hmm. me a little bit of something that we all remember, Squidward's suicide, or Rugrats theory, which we'll get to later on. Mm -hmm. These are creepypastas that, although a lot of creepypastas, especially on No Sleep, we know are written from a fictional point of view. We get that. It's like how you tell people that are fans of wrestling, it's not real, it's fake. They know it's fun for them play along same thing with no sleep you got to play along or else you get banned
0: and you know to think that we understand how everything goes is just ignorant anyway right you know who knows But i also want to say just because we hold those rules it does not
2: mean that what is being written is not actually true uh or is true i mean the, the the cia for many years would release information that was real information in tabloids so it'd be drowned out by all the misinformation and then they could say oh yeah we released that information but they did it there so no one would have to right. believe it or know right. it was real mm-hmm. or not kind of the same thing with no sleep maybe these people really maybe this stuff really is happening to these people and that that's a way of getting it out yeah. into the world without making any kind of significant impact
0: you know maybe there was an episode of cat dog where they meet the blood man and then the cat gets a DUI. Like, I remember the blood man being a humanoid kind of blood, like he, like, shaped like a human being, like a humanoid. There
2: was an episode of Arthur where Binky's nuts are shown. You see him for a split second, but Binky's nuts were there. And then I contacted PBS and everyone, they didn't, no one could give me any information. I got, I got actually contacted by the police to stop talking about it. They said you can't be talked about Binky's well, nuts and Arthur. It's a children's show. There's no nuts. The most,
0: the most famous one is, um, you know, Sinbad being in a movie where he was a genie. And that one was recently solved, right? It's a bad example because everyone knows. It, it turns out we're all just a little racist, and we thought it was Shazam. Yeah. Same guy, yeah. And, and, and we were confused because Sinbad dresses like a genie, even though he is nothing more than a mere mortal man. Yeah. Um, we figured that one out, but there are still tons of other examples that haven't been accounted for. And, I mean, there's a lot of uh,
2: reasons to be racist when it comes to these stories, so it's not everyone's fault. Um, What's up? We can get into some of these stories now, if you guys would like. I could read some newer ones I found. Um, maybe you guys can read a couple of them.
0: Yeah, I have a couple submissions here. Okay. Uh, and, then yeah, we can, and then we
2: could read some of the classics. Um, we could, yeah, or we yeah, could read yeah. some of uh, some recent ones um, that are also some of our favorites. Or some, maybe not so recent ones. doesn't matter. But why don't I begin? Um, This one is a very good beginning to a, uh, you know, hopefully a great story. Um, This is called The Smiling Man, and this is by uh, Angela is Silent. I always felt like I was different. When I was a kid in school, I would always drawing pictures of creatures that couldn't exist anywhere but in my mind. But to me, they could be as real as anyone else. Sometimes I got bullied for it, but I had this look I would give people. I don't know if I'd call it to look evil, per se, but it didn't seem natural, and I could tell my eyes didn't look human. If I did that, the other bullies would start to leave me alone. That isn't the point of the story, but I felt I should mention it because the feeling different? Well, let's just say it's gotten stronger over the past few months. It started in March. I remember it was two days until my birthday, and I was dreading turning 30. Don't get me wrong. I don't have a horrible life. I have a good life. A fulfilling relationship in my own place, but when I but when I was a kid, my died dad my my dad died at thirty. That's kind of when things started to get strange in my life. I started to feel like someone was always watching me. I wasn't afraid of it. Maybe I thought it was my dad keeping watch over me. It was kind of comforting. But when I got to high school, I started to feel like more than one person was watching me all the time, and this caused my grades to plummet. I couldn't sleep, I stopped eating, and my friends all said I looked undead. I definitely felt like it too. By some miracle, I graduated and managed to get to a good college, and everything went back to normal for me. I gained back my health, I got a boyfriend, I went to parties, lesed out, bombed exams, <laughs> the usual. It's been pretty much normal for me until this March, when I first saw him. I was cooking dinner, Mediterranean chicken and rice and make some extra to eat for lunch the next day at work. Wow! I was listening to my favorite podcast, True Crime and Wine, as I normally do while cooking or my daily errands, when suddenly I heard a loud thump on the ceiling above. I paused the podcast and stopped to listen. Boom. Again. I immediately went to make sure the doors and windows were all locked. I would call 911, but... What if it was just someone moving some stuff around? Or maybe it was just a dog. Pretty big dog, though. It'd have to be huge. Then turning around, I saw on my balcony a figure the size of a large man, both long, skinny arms. I couldn't see his face at all except for a giant grin with large, dirty teeth. I was too afraid to move or run or even breathe. But when I blinked, he was gone part one of question mark oh. oh wow wow can't wait for part two very promising i think very it's, promising you yeah. see
1: when you when you end your story with part one of question mark you really just you leave the reader i didn't like waiting.
0: any of the story other than part one and question mark yeah. and then i'm like what yeah you know, well really i gotta stick around it,
2: for the rest yeah because it this this go forever it's
0: really at this point, really, all she did was say a bunch of eerie things and not really explain why. Yeah. And then, you know, not, you know, have any kind of cohesive tie to any of it. So it's like, she's almost giving herself homework later on, like, you know.
2: Well, I have another one that's really kind of quick that I'll read, and I'll let you, uh, one of you guys, Theo or Thaddeus, maybe take over with the next entry. So this one is called I have always found PS1 games to be a bit creepy, but I found one with no title.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: Part one of nine by Nighttime Taco. I work for a library. We take a lot of donations every single day and have to sort through all of them. Usually my coworkers, who are mostly middle-aged and older women, hate having to do it. But me, I enjoy it and volunteer. No one has any problem with it, and I get to see what kind of garbage or treasures come through. We don't just have books. We have DVDs, Blu-rays, and video games as well. Last month, we got an unmarked box full of stuff. Supposedly from some old elementary school that closed down after a school shooting that killed every single student. <laughs> <laughs> it was full of all kinds of classic books, like Goosebumps, I Spy, Captain Underpants, Call of the Wild, you name it. It had a number of different DVDs too, like The Sandlot, Home Alone, etc. But there was one video game in it. A jewel case for PlayStation 1. There's nothing on the label except for a skull. The disc was blank as well, but had the Sony logo on it. The bottom was completely scratched up, so I figured there'd be no way it was playable. But I thought I'd try. When I first put it into the PlayStation, it made a noise I'd never heard before. A high-pitched whirring that sounded like an animal being gutted. It startled me at first, but I shrugged it off and wrote it off to being a super messed up disc. Then, I was more surprised. The game actually booted up. There was no logo for a developer or publisher. The screen was simply black with strange music. It sounded like MIDI at the end of a tunnel and completely disjointed. Then on the screen was a menu with upside-down white letters that said Enter Hell and no other options. After selecting that, the screen flashes with a round white face with no eyes and goes black again. I wasn't sure if I should keep pl- continue playing, but I was so curious. Was this a joke? Did someone purposely make this in order to fuck with people? If that's the case, who's the sixth psycho to do it? The next thing I saw was a 3D world. A long white hallway. There were eerie sounds very every now and then that sounded like someone walking through an attic. And also someone sipping a cold drink. Walking down the hallway in the first person view, you see nothing but then come to a blue door with a symbol on it. The symbol looked like a horseshoe or a U, but more evil. I hit X on the controller, and the door opened to what sounded like a baby cry. What was on the other side? Maybe unplugged the, ter- the TV. Part one of question mark. Man, wow! I
1: wonder what was there that he had to unplug the TV instead of turning off the keeps you on keeps one. you
2: on the edge. You gotta like, oh, what's gonna yeah. happen next? I hope he releases it soon. I hope it's within the next hour.
0: <laughs> it's it's a classic uh, uh, thing. I feel like of these video game ones you can look at the the one of the founding fathers uh sonic.exe where he constantly describes the graphics as surprisingly good um <laughs> just good writing just good little notes like that that kind of draw you in
2: yeah
0: well that's what uh, i got for mind now I, yeah yeah do you mind if i'm going one? i'm already this like getting f-
2: chills some i read those before and i still oof, it's awesome
0: all right. Well, this one was submitted by, you know, um a member of the community, Timpy Doe, please. Um and this is called <laughs> Those with No Faces by Timpy Doe, please. Uh, I told him to hold off on post in this one. We're going to premiere I gotta, it. Here, I got so I got excited turn on the lights maybe. Yeah. <laughs> F- feel it's like spooky. Uh,
1: feel like uh cranking the heat. I just uh, feel I just felt a cold draft.
2: We could turn it up. You can have another, you're on your fifth clove, but. Yeah, it's getting real hot. (laughs)
1: It's really, real flushed.
0: Open a window or something. The smoke kind of lingers on the, anyway, this is called Those With No Faces. I've always been a weird kid. There, I said it. (laughs) People never really want to admit stuff like that. They'd rather try to pretend, try to make nice, try to do whatever they can to make sure people never see them like they are. But, well, let's just say I've run out of options. Can't live like this anymore. I need to tell someone my story. Papa and I didn't have much growing up. Some scraps of canned bread. Spoonful of powdered beans and a lot of warm thoughts about Carmen Electra is all that got us through some nights together. One day I was walking to school, eating my simple breakfast of chopped oats and milk dust. Something happened. I I I still don't know quite what it was. Papa had just moved us into the woods to save money. His friend had rented out to us an old abandoned paintball court to live in. And we slept in the central drywall fort. I was walking down our lonely dirt road and a white van swerved in front of me. I was a smart kid. I had heard stories. I immediately dropped my milk dust and turned to sprint away. But I was grabbed quickly by two men in suits. They whisked me away into their van and drove off in the commotion. I had lost my school lunch for the day which was just the husk from a cob of corn and two slices of bread that had a bunch of monster energy drink poured into them. The two men immediately blindfolded me. From then on out, I don't know how long it was. All I remember are static images. The First Amendment. What if a website was also a man that could make money? (laughs) <laughs> Cherry picking arguments, logical fallacy, buzzwords, a man <laughs> swimming in a pool with his shirt on? Pay gap, quid pro quo. Oh, a man in a barrel holding $15. The glass ceiling. No, no, no. It was also horrible. Also poorly formatted. No. At first, when I was awakened, I thought it was a dream. But some dreams turn out not to be dreams. But instead, those dreams are also nightmares. I woke in the school nurse's office. She said I seemed completely healthy, other than the scurvy, and offered me some (laughs) orange slices. However, I I couldn't see her face. I heard her voice, but it was all muffled, staticky. I just just stared. I started to see if I could make the rest of her out, but... It was also blurry. Her entire body slowly became static. Her voice became a deeply upsetting vibrato. I excused myself and scurried down the hall, and about half the people in the school took on this shape. Formless, pointless marionettes, mannequins that were obstructions in my world. This went on for nearly five years of of trying to seem normal, trying to understand, and I grew to hate them, disdain them, but I never knew what was happening. Until something came and chilled me to the bone. I was a senior in high school. I had always kept my secret secret. When a blank-faced person talked to me, I either ignored them or said thank you until they went away. I would keep my headphones in and ignored them as they would tap at the wall to try to get my attention. But, But something caught up to me. One morning when I was walking to school... I left the paintball court and I was walking down the dirt road. I was eating my breakfast, which was some porridge fond and pickled milk. I felt myself go pale when the van pulled in front of me, but this time I held my ground. I wanted answers. The door of the van swung open. Two men in suits stared at me. I could see their faces. Can I help you? I said in as cool of a voice as I could muster. <laughs> you, see, you see the truth, one man said. But does he really see? The other man said in a weird voice. Let's test him. Yes, the other man said. Test me? How? I asked, fearful but curious. They leaped out of the van and grabbed me by the back of the neck. I struggled. I immediately spilled my pickled milk all over my <laughs> quicksilver swimming shirt. <laughs> The porridge fawn went tumbling down onto my shorted jeans. They thrust me into the van and strapped me into a medieval dentist chair. I shut my eyes, too afraid to look next. Look at her, one man screamed. Open your eyes, the other man screamed. They lifted my eyes open with their fingers. In front of me was a gray, staticky blob, the same I had seen of most people for my whole life. It was shaking pathetically and making an ill vibrato. "I, I can't see it, I screamed. "'You can't see any of it,' one question. "'What is it? Tell me!' "'It's true,' the man said to the other. "'What is it? You have to tell me. I have to know,' I continued. The agent cleared his throat. He smiled a little bit. "'That, my friend, is a woman. You are unable to see any women. "'Congratulations, Mr. Icy. You have just (laughs) officially graduated from Prager University.' (laughs) The end.
2: Well, very, very strange.
1: I wonder, you know, the, en- the end of that makes me think of wh- what's Mr. Icy going to get up to after this.
0: Uh-huh. I, I, I don't know. I, I This one was done recently. So, you know, hopefully I can get in touch with Tempy uh, Tempy Doe Please, the author of this story, and see what, you know, the fictional Mr. Icy would do next. You know, maybe he'd finally leave the paintball court, and you know, maybe get to wireless mouse to hold in each hand. (laughs) Wow. So, so, and it makes you think. Like, I mean,
2: could actually be real.
0: Yeah, it could could be be real. That's that's what makes a good. It's possible. I feel like the only thing that like you know is missing from a story like this is like maybe like a like something scary, like maybe a, a whole man, like a humanoid man. But he his, instead of skin and flesh and bones, he's completely made of blood. Um, mm. I feel yeah. like that's the only thing a story like this is missing, like a blood man, like a mythical blood man. Uh you know. Um, Thaddeus, do you have any excerpts to read? Uh yeah, I have I have two of them. Um
1: one one I'll start with, one's um one's kind of from my point of view the other one is from the oh listen, interesting third person
0: yeah. i cannot wait i'm so uh, excited for all of you listening yeah.
2: you're in for a treat um, if you're not familiar with thaddeus's work but um, you are now so just sit back maybe you want to turn the lights on just telling you <laughs> I,
0: I would say almost anything thaddeus writes gets at least 50 comments it's amazing yeah
1: well thank you thank you both um, i just you know i feel like pouring my heart into each one of these stories so uh this one i titled um i was stalked and attacked by a cryptid while camping
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a title that grabs you yeah it's subtle but it it really kind of says
0: the whole story you look at the title and you're just
2: okay not
1: just attacked you were stalked too a little bit of context i'm a 17 year old male i'm a junior in high school and live in northern georgia and i work pretty much every day after school pretty shitty i know but it's one of the only ways I can pay for my phone, gas, and my countless other hobbies. On the weekends, I of course am out of school, and I don't have work. I'll have to spend my time off in the wilderness. I camp, hike, fish, you name it. I love my parents, because ever since I turned 16 and had my license, let me go adventuring by myself. Anyways, ever since the pandemic started getting worse, I've been out of school, and I've had less hours at work. However, this has also caused most campsites and hiking trails to become closed as well. Luckily, my grandpa owns a large chunk of land up in the Appalachian Mountains right next to a river. It's honestly weird that I haven't been up there before. So after weeks of boredom, I decided I would ask if I could spend a weekend from Friday to Sunday at his property. He reluctantly agreed. One that stood out was the warning that he gave me. He warned me that some of the locals near the property had been seen some fucked up animals up there. I assured him I would be fine, telling them that they were just malnourished coyotes or something. I really wanted to get out in the outdoors, I wasn't going to let some wild animals ruin it for me. But, I was a tad bit nervous after hearing that, but not that much. I told my grandpa I would bring my hunting knife with me, and he agreed to let me drive up there and spend the weekend at his property. I was pumped. All this corona shit got me really cooped up inside of my house, and I was ecstatic to finally go out and enjoy the outdoors again. I picked up the next day and began the hour drive up to the property. Once I arrived, I had to unlock a gate and drive my truck through, then lock it again to make sure nobody else drove through and to deter trespassers. My grandpa was very stingy on who was allowed on his land. It's
0: just good storytelling.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I really want to put you in this, in this region. So that's why I
0: that's Every why detail I, That's why Just I write nothing, everything Nothing, nothing yeah. left to the imagination No
1: It's a shocker that I was even allowed to go I'll try to give you a basic idea of what the property looks like You pull into the property Kind of diagonal to the road and go through the gate Then you drive through the
2: dirt some more And then cross a bridge that goes over the river
0: Really a lot of fucking detail <laughs> Yeah I know <laughs> I, really, I really want you to be very,
2: he reminds you of. He reminds me of Stephen King You know if this was in a book, you'd probably have a whole chapter of detail. It's actually a lot uh, closer to Richard Bachman, but oh uh, yeah, I mean I see that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean I, I didn't mean to insult you. That's um, oh, all right. It's all right. I personally think Stephen King is a master, so it was. Uh... He is. He's very good. I've never read any of his books, but I enjoy a lot of the movies. His <laughs> books are based on.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, the movies it makes it much easier because those books are are really big.
2: Yeah, they're really big. I'm sorry, continue. Ah, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, it
1: looks sketchy, but it's actually quite sturdy. After the bridge, you turn right down a road made by my grandpa's truck and drive down that road until you reach a field that my grandpa mows on occasion. He only lives 30 minutes from the property. The property extends a little further into the woods, but that's about it. As soon as I parked the truck, I immediately felt uneasy. I know it sounds cliche, but I felt eyes on me. I ignored it, chalking it up to me being in an unfamiliar area. My plan for camping was to set up a hammock right next to the river and set up tarps above and below it. I took a long while, but I eventually found a suitable spot. As far as food goes, I had brought my portable stove and grill, as well as hot dog and hamburger ingredients, stuff to make sandwiches, and some eggs and bacon. But I also intended on catching fish and having a fish fry the night before I would leave. The more time I stayed on the property, the lesser I felt eyes watching me. I arrived late that day, so by the time I was situated, the sun was starting to go down. I cooked myself a hot dog, drank some Pepsi, and made myself a small fire. I was right next to the river, and honestly, sitting next to the fire, watching the sun go down was the most relaxing thing I could imagine. At around 11, I decided to call a night. I put out the fire, then climbed in my hammock to get some rest. This is where things started to get weird. I'm hoping. <laughs> I fell asleep pretty quickly, and then I started dreaming. What happened to me was, has never happened to me before and never again since then. I had the most vivid dream that I have experienced. No, it wasn't a dream. It was a fucking nightmare. (laughs) 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 It it was almost as I was actually there. I now know I was looking through the eyes of someone or something. It started in the field, pacing around. It was, I would say, around two and a feet from my campsite. It started moving towards it, stepping through the thick brush to get to the bank right side of my hammock. I could see myself sleeping in the hammock. I then woke up, terrified. I checked my watch, and it was around two o'clock. I began hearing something moving closer to the campsite. I picked up my flashlight and shined it in the direction of the sound. Nothing. I sighed. I must've been hearing things because of the nightmare I just had. What scared me about the dream was how real it felt. I stayed awake, processing what just happened. I don't know when, but I eventually fell asleep again. I woke up around eight the next morning, remembering what happened. I don't know why, but I laughed at myself, because at the time I thought I was getting worked up over nothing. I should have just left, then and there. But I stayed, not understanding how weird what just happened to me was. That day I w- it was a blast. I fished, swam, hiked a little bit, and I had a giant fish fry that night. After stuffing <laughs> my face with trout, I made another fire and soaked in the beauty of the land once again. After vibing by the fire, I once again <laughs> decided to call it a night. As soon as I got into my hammock, I instantly thought about what happened to me the night before. Now that it was dark and quiet out, I felt afraid. I tried and tried, but I couldn't fall asleep. Around one, when I was just starting to fade, I just got hit with this overwhelming amount of dread. I was instantly wide awake. I grabbed my flashlight and my knife out of my bag. I laid in my hammock, terrified, not knowing what to do. It was then that I heard one of the worst sounds I have ever heard. It sounded like a woman screaming, but she was getting murdered, combined with this low demonic growl. God, it scares the absolute piss out of me just thinking about this. I know. I wanted to run to my truck and get the fuck out of there. There was no way in hell. I was going out there with God knows what. I sat there for so long, thinking I would, I would die out there. As if things couldn't get worse, I started to hear approaching footsteps. I remember back to last night and the dream I saw. I'm going to die. I kept thinking, I should have listened to my grandpa. I'm such a fucking idiot. Right then the thing was around to reach my hammock. It stopped. I could hear heavy breathing. I don't know why, but I had a massive urge to shine my flashlight on whatever there was. All of a sudden, I could smell the intense smell of clove cigarettes and dirty rags. I don't know why, but I needed to see it. I quickly turned on my flashlight and aimed it right at this horrible monstrosity. It was round. It had a haircut that looked like a flat top, but in the back was a mullet. (laughs) It's face. Oh, God, it's face. I'm shitting bricks just writing this, but I swear to God, it looked almost exactly like that deformed person from that famous Russian sleep experiment picture. (laughs) Deformed teeth, huge eyes, nicotine-stained fingers, horrible, ill-fitting, corrective shoes, everything. Worst of all, it was smiling. Why the fuck was it smiling? I didn't have any time to think before it leapt towards me. I jerked myself backwards and flipped out of my hammock. The thing missed me by inches. I began a full sprint to my truck, hearing that thing chasing after me. It was screaming and growling. It was screaming the name Jennifer over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I am convinced that that thing was from the deepest <laughs> <pit of hell>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank fuck I had my keys in my pocket. If I hadn't, I would have died for sure that night. I hopped in my truck just in the nick of time. Luckily, the 1999 GMC Sonoma comes with an overpowered starter that even in the the thickest of woods will get you out of any jam you need. It rammed into my door and I tried opening it. I was frightened how intelligent this thing was. I sped (laughs) off, ramming the gate open, speeding down the road, leaving everything at the camp except for everything that was on my person. I grabbed the only other thing I had, my phone, and called my grandpa. It took about three tries, but he answered, pissed off, and called me college boy. I told him that I needed to stay at his house for the night, and I would explain everything when I got there. Once I got there, I told him what happened. After hearing the story, he berated me for not calling the police. He thought that I had some crackhead trying to rob me, and that he would definitely be gone by now because I didn't call the police. me would get some sleep, and then he would check it out in the morning. As soon as he went back to his bedroom... What happened hit me like a brick wall, and I began breaking down, crying. I didn't get an ounce of sleep that night. When we investigated the property and campsite, we saw big footprints with very sharp toenails and wine glasses everywhere. Worst of all was the campsite (laughs) itself. The thing had torn everything to pieces, leaving huge claw marks everywhere. To this day, I haven't seen the same look on my grandpa's face. He told me to pick up what I could, and that we were getting the hell out of there. I salvaged what I could, and then drove back to my house. I told my parents, and they're both thinking the same thing that my grandpa said. After that, my parents never let me go into the wilderness again. It didn't bother me one minute. The outdoors will never be the same to me ever again. My parents told me a few days ago that my grandpa was selling in the property, but for that was for unrelated reasons. I really hoped that what I saw was just some deformed drug addict and that my scared mind perceived it as a monster. But those screams, that face, that hair... That bowling shirt, the dream
0: I had, they all say otherwise. (laughs) (sighs) That was a tour de force. Got to come
2: back here in a little bit.
0: Yeah, I I mean, you're in those woods. The the writing, I mean, he described what every type of road was, what you would see turning from the left and right. He described, um, you know, the monster... Uh, How it was always followed by that song that goes, oh, yeah, hello, beautiful moon. It described, you know, the, the monster's high blood pressure symptoms, the clotting of the feet. It's amazing how much detail was in that. Wow, what a great piece! Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you for reading
2: it. Um,
0: Thank you so much. Um, I have another piece here uh, from another viewer. Um, if you don't mind, Garrett, or do you have something else you'd like to read? No. Well, I'm going to get to those, but once you guys uh, keep it going, let's go. Okay. This is another uh, viewer sent this in or listener, um, potential listener, my friend Duncan, Duncan Eggs. And uh, this is Dunkin' Eggs with The Trash Man. I was ecstatic to become a homeowner. Like all millennials, I never thought I'd be able to afford one. Just planned on renting for the rest of my life. My wife, Samantha, felt the same. That's why it was such a surprise when that uncle I didn't know I had died and legally left us his house. My father begged me not to take it. He said it was cursed and evil, and it was a shame to the family. But, mm, I didn't believe him. We arrived to the home with all of our stuff on June 3rd, 2018. It was a balmy day, the house was old, it was definitely a fixer-upper. It had these big bay windows and there were spider webs everywhere. The front yard was filled with tombstones and the house was painted blood red. Also, from the front of the house, it looked like the windows on the second story of the house were eyes and that the door was some sort of fanged mouth. Also, a family of Frankensteins live next door. (laughs) Please, my father pleaded as I carried boxes into my new home. Don't live here. It's cursed. It's on an Indian burial ground, and also my uncle killed himself here. Also, the house is full of big grandfather clocks, and they're always dinging really dramatically. Also, there's a secret door in the basement that you won't ever figure out how to unlock. If you do get a locksmith or something to unlock it, there will be another locked door immediately behind it. Uh, Even though the locksmith is there, it will require a different set of tools. Um, Also, there are a couple hidden rooms in the attic that lead to paintings, and these paintings will be very prophetic um, depicting events that have happened during the day that seemed very mundane at the time, but this will add a new perspective to them if you unlock that. I don't have good feelings about this, my father said. Oh, you're being paranoid. This is the year 2020, I said, as I took down a painting that said Ghost Welcome and hung up a picture of a couple kittens over it. It didn't take long before things got uh, weird. The next morning, I woke to a racket. The garbage men were outside, and I noticed that they skipped right over our garbage. I went to investigate. There were three metal cans of garbage. Two were filled with our travel materials to be discarded, but the third—the third was completely empty. I, I, I stared in, trying to see why they had skipped it. And I realized to my horror that the trash can went down indefinitely. It was a hole with no end. I immediately spit down the trash can to test depth. I heard nothing. No ping. No bottom. I waited for a good ten seconds. I began to turn around until something called me back. Hey, what the fuck? A man called out. Excuse me, is someone down there? I called back, feed me the voice beckoned. I stepped back. I ran inside. I tried not to think about the mysterious voice inside of the trash can. but my father greeted me in the kitchen did did the hole talk to you? He said, no, everything's normal. I screamed, and I ran upstairs <sighs> the next day the garbage man skipped us again. you know. In this neighborhood, I I do have to add, they pick up the garbage every single day. (laughs) I went out to see if maybe I dreamed the whole thing. And as I approached the hole, the earth seemed to stand still. Spit me again, the voice bellowed out from the hole. Huh? I said, do it, it commanded. I spit into the garbage. I heard nothing for a few moments. Then I heard heard a weird, horrific, ecstatic moaning coming from the trash can. "'You little perverted freak! "'Yeah, you little stinker! "'Spit on me again, bitch! "'Dumbass! "'Spit on me like I'm a moron or a poor person! "'I'm a nasty little trash man, "'and you're gonna give me what I want, Daddy-o!' "'The voice yelled. (laughs) "'No!' I yelled at the voice. "'Honey!' my wife Samantha yelled from the door. "'What's wrong?' "'Don't come any closer!' I yelled. "'Whip it out! "'Jacket in the trash! "'I'm the trash man! "'I'm nasty! "'I'm a little freak!' Wait, what are you? I yelled. I get what I want. Sooner or later, I'll get what I want. You'll be down here in my little sex cube floating around in infinite nothingness. I'm covered in trash and my nipples are always hard. I'm the trash man. I immediately reached towards the trash can and tried to push it over, hoping that maybe some would disconnect from whatever void was below it, but it wouldn't budge. I took a hammer, a sledgehammer, and tried to bang it. It wouldn't move. I I thought about hitching my car up to it but in a fleeting moment of fear I ran upstairs tried to explain to my wife what had happened but she said I'm sure it's just a normal trash can but I'm not going to go look at it just go ahead and put the trash in it tomorrow and my father asked me what was wrong I told him to go fuck himself (laughs) I went upstairs as fast as I could even though it was only 6pm I decided to go to bed Wake up, a voice said I opened my eyes, I saw Blackness sprawling infinitely, dotted with constellations of trash, sprite cans, mashed up little wet shit in the bottom of your sink, (laughs) all swirling around in a black purple void. I'm the trash man, and you absolutely need to come on my ass. I'm a dirty little magpie with dirt around my asshole and my butthole. I sleep in a bed of Snickers wrappers. I want (laughs) to lean back and curve my back like a little minx, and for you to pour used vegetable oil and dirty paper towels on my cherry pink asshole. Fill the trash. Nut. You need to fucking nut. Nut in the trash. That's all I want, and I'll leave you alone. Nut in the trash, you pussy. Dumbass. You got to, because I'm a demon or something, and I'll kill you. I shot awake, cold sweat flopping on my head. Was I really there? Does he really have that kind of power? When I woke up, I knew what I had to do. This was outside of my understanding. But when I undid my jeans and I approached the trash can in the broad-lighted day, something stopped me. It was the Blood Man. And that's part one of nine there. So, really excited. For Duncan oh, that was Eggs the Blood Man you're talking about earlier. The Blood Man, yeah. I wow. when I first read, the Blood Man was there with the Trash Man. <laughs> Things are going to get a little complicated. So I'm super that's, excited for the second part. That is, that is insane. It's crazy. Thing.
1: That's it's like, crazy. That's so it's it's Lovecraftian. Like what? Mm-hmm that's a that's a trash can i mean there's there's nothing there
0: yeah but the trash man lives in there i guess it's like a little pocket dimension or something it's so cool it's so cool wow i have um i have a story one of my favorites
2: from no sleep from uh actually from six months ago this is from hyper obscura and it was such a cool user it was well well received by the the subreddit and um it's called The Man I Met When My Wife Was Having Emergency Surgery Changed My Life Forever. So, it really rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it's concise. I'm not crazy. I'm not fucking insane. This I know. This is a fact. I haven't been hallucinating. have have been tripping on acid. <laughs> There's no fucking tumor growing in my brain. I don't have any history of mental illness at all. So I did not make this up. This happened. This is real. Remember that really abrasive writing at the beginning there Mm -hmm. i can't exactly say what made me wake up if it was the metallic scent in the air or if it was the warm sticky feeling of the blood slowly pulling in our bed but i remember screaming bloody murder once i realized what was going on my wife darla hardly registered the noise she just sort of snorted groggily eyes all dull and glassy what's going on she mumbled you're bleeding i yelled oh my god oh my god oh my god I panicked. I could tell by her condition that it was serious. She had lost a lot of blood, and she looked pale and, and unfocused. All I could think of was the worst-case scenarios: death, stillbirth, both of the above. Her gaze was far away, like she had problems staying conscious. And I finally snapped into action, lifted her up, and ran frantically to the car. The drive to the hospital was hazardous, to say the least. I swerved into oncoming traffic several times, breaking more or less every existing breaking more or less. Every existing traffic law. Barely even focusing on the road for most of the drive. It's a wonder I didn't kill us at all. But I couldn't stop myself. I couldn't imagine my life without her. That's all I could think about. Get to the hospital. Get to the hospital before it's too late. Please, God, don't let her die. I didn't bother parking the car. Cool. <laughs> I drove right up to the entrance, left it running in neutral, grabbed Darla, ran inside, yelling hysterically for someone to come help me. Help her. I honestly can't remember what, much of what happened next. Someone came along and took her from me, put her down on a bed, rushed her in a hurry. Next thing I know, I'm just standing there, covered in blood, answering all sorts of questions. She's eight months pregnant. I sobbed, "Please, just save her! Please, please, please!" Calm down, sir," some faceless nurse said. "We're gonna help everything. We're gonna do everything in our power to save your wife, but you have to calm down. You need to help us save help her." I couldn't calm down. I don't think it's humanly possible. Not when someone you love is in danger. When someone you love is about to die. Not when you can't do anything about it. All you have to grab onto is worry, distress, panic, fear, sorrow, sadness, and that's the only thing that keeps you sane. I stood there shivering, convulsing, tears flowing, gasping for air, trying my best of my ability to answer the questions, help them save her. Thank you, sir, the faceless nurse said. Please sit down. I'll get back to you as soon as we have some news sit down sit down all I could think of was to scream lash out hit something make the pain on the inside manifest on the outside instead and they wanted me to sit down I knew it wasn't their fault I knew I had no choice but still it felt so pointless I hate not being in control hate feeling useless hate having to wait for someone else to fix it I slouched down and buried my face in my hands I couldn't believe this was happening. Not to us. Not now. My mind was racing, and it was always the most ridiculous, insignificant notions I got hung up on. Like how I was going to miss work. I had a major presentation coming in a couple days. Important stuff. Or how disappointed my parents would be if I didn't become a dad. Or how I dreaded calling Darla's parents to tell them the bad news. Don't you just love this place? A cherry voice suddenly said. I raised my head to identify the owner of the voice. I could have sworn I was the only one around, and I couldn't recall hearing anyone else walking in, but there he was, sitting right next to me. He was young, maybe in his mid-twenties, long blonde hair, dressed in jeans and a white hoodie. He smiled happily as my tear-filled, bloody visage greeted him with shock and disbelief. He had perfect teeth. I remember this vividly. Perfect. What the fuck do you mean? I spat angrily. I wasn't really myself, and having some douchebag fucking with me and my wife's life was hanging in the balance. I wasn't having it. Hospitals, man, he chuckled. The lovely scent of misery and death. So invigorating. I immediately saw Red. I wanted to take a swing at him so badly, but so one thing inside me held me back. I can't explain it, but it was like I knew it would be a horrible idea. Shut the fuck up, I shouted. My wife's in there. She's fucking dying for all I know. He threw his head back and laughed heartily. She sure is, he smiled. Sweet, sweet Darla. Far too young to bleed out in a hospital bed, don't you think? I stared at him with wide-eyed shock and anger. How the fuck did he know? Was he here when I brought her in? Hadn't I noticed him before now then? But what? All I could muster. How the fuck? He chuckled. I know everything, Nick. I know that right now Darla's dying. She's losing too much blood. They can't stop it. He smiled and leaned in close. His eyes sparkled a hypnotizing emerald green but I couldn't focus on anything but the smell. It was a lovely fragrance, sweet flowers and fruits. My wife's fragrance. I give her five minutes, he grinned. Then the doctors will come through that door and your life will never be whole again. But the... I started tears filling my eyes again. I couldn't help but believe him. Every fiber of his being radiated truth and sincerity. Ah, the life beside her, he pointed to his stomach. They'll save it. You'll be a single parrot. Grieving widower, destined for a laugh of hardship and perpetual disappointment. You'll drink yourself to death eventually. No one will miss you. Say la vie. I tore up my hair in despair. His words slithered in my mind, lingering, echoing there, their hollow, somber meaning burrowing into my consciousness, imprinting on a hopeless, dreary, unforgiving existence. N-no! I sobbed. There has to be something. Some way. He tapped his nose and grinned wildly. Funny you should say that. What do you mean? I said. What the fuck do you mean? He smiled and stood up from his seat. He was tall and slim, but at the same time he appeared unnaturally imposing, like he was emanating pure and filtered strength. It felt like I was cowering beneath him, like I was nothing but an insignificant ant he could stomp out of existence so he could so he could will it. A life for a life. He reached out his arm, your wife's life to be exact. I just stared at his hand, what the fuck do you mean a life for a life? What the fuck was going on here? Who the fuck was this guy? It's real simple, Nick. He bent and whispered to me, I'll save your wife, but in return you have to t- let me take another life. I was staring at the hand. My body tense and rigid. It felt wrong on so many levels. Unnatural, unholy, something that never should never transgress. Who? Who will take you instead? Who will you take instead? He grinned. That's always a question, isn't it? It's not life itself that's precious. It's the life you're familiar with. Who? Oh, I demanded. Don't worry, Nick, my boy, he chuckled. It won't be someone you know, a perfect stranger, someone you never even met. No, be like they never existed. Gone, vanished, no trace of them. It's a once-in-a-lifetime deal, Nicky. I'd take it if I were you. I shivered uncontrollably. There were dark forces at work here. That much I knew. Blasphemous powers, but I didn't hesitate. I didn't even consider it. How could I? It was my wife, my I want true love. I stood up and shook his hand. Attaboy, Nicky. He laughed. You won't regret this. You might even think of me one day. One day, di- I started, but was interrupted by a doctor rushing to the r- room from the ER. When I turned back to face the man, he was gone vanished. That was weirder still. What was what was weirder still was that it felt like it was holding his hand, like we were locked in this dream handshake. Mr. Matthews, the doctor shook my took my hand. Good news, your wife is doing well. She's weak and exhausted, but doing excellent considering the circumstances. I laughed and cried, a wholesome, wonderful combination of the two. She was alive. She was well. Never been happier in my entire life. But then it occurred to me, a dark thought, and the, I muttered, I mean, the Oh, you mean the baby? The doctor smiled. Don't worry. Your son is in perfect health. We had to do an emergency C-section. He was a strong one. You could see them both soon. Son? I whispered. A son? I'm not crazy. I'm not insane. This is real. I told you. Remember that? They were fine. Fine and happy and healthy, the two of them, mother and son. But I couldn't enjoy it. Couldn't believe it. My wife didn't understand. Why wasn't I happy? Why was it so strange? I haven't been hallucinating. I haven't been tripping on acid with my wife to every doctor's appointment, every ultrasound, every physical checkup as every step of the way. There's no tumor growing in my brain. No fucking history of mental illness. So why they look at me like I'm mad? Why can't they just believe me? Not make this up. This happened. This is real. I remember everything so vividly but now it's gone. Vanished. No trace. Like it never existed in the first place. I remember my wife being pregnant. Pregnant with twins. Wow. Well.
0: Wow, yeah, that was uh, My favorite thing about that is It it sure was long Yeah It sure like really Paints a picture Really drags it out there Mm
2: -hmm. Really,
0: really, yeah, really Hammers it home Yeah, I mean
1: Well, I mean when When the demon, I guess Demon, devil, first offers it Or angel Angel that's true. He described how
2: beautiful he was, and how much he would like to have sex he did. with him.
1: That was kind of sus. But when he first, you know, offered to take a stranger's life, and oh, this woman's pregnant. Oh, he's going to take his unborn child because technically it's a stranger. No, he didn't. The baby's fine. But then at the end, you find out that he was going to have twins. That's it's crazy. That's crazy.
0: And the thing about twins is that there's two of them. Yeah, y- usually now yeah, it was just a son. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Luckily Which he looked out with that one.
0: Easier to take care of. Yeah. So the more he might even thank him someday. huh?
2: Well, I think he was he might have been kind of worried about being a single parent in the stress of having to raise two kids. Yeah. Alone.
0: Or you know, I don't know. Yeah well great great stories we really had some great stories. stories
2: we're um coming up on time i mean i could end it with a, a classic or if you guys want to read more we can keep going I,
0: uh, I, think, I have i have nothing else to read here i i have can, a
1: medium medium length one that well, might let's, uh, take us uh, out
2: yes let's do it thaddeus I, I, is the master we're gonna hear it this is the first episode so it's okay if it's gonna be a little bit longer than a normal podcast
1: yeah that's that's right it's and premiere and, yeah and and i actually i actually wrote this for this when you when you guys asked me to be on i actually oh wow thank you i i cracked out that old molluskina and i wrote this one down
2: ah that means yeah. moleskin
1: but yeah i got this one down for you guys and i mean it hits on a lot of the classics of creepypasta i think you'll i think you guys are i think you guys will really like this one oh yes
2: okay it's
1: called memory card Two weeks ago, my parents were driving up to see my cousins. We always visit them during the summer. On the way there, we drove through a little village. Some church by the road was having a car boot sale. A massive banner told us it was in aid of charity. My dad parked the car and got out, eager to have a little sniff around. He always had a thing for raking through people's old stuff and finding hidden treasures. While he was off treasure hunting, I decided to go off on my own little wander. Most of the stuff on sale was usual crap. Cakes, ugly crockery, junk. Someone was holding a raffle. An old woman was painting kids' faces, but only seemed to know how to do one animal. There were zebra-faced kids everywhere. I remember a couple standing out over all this happiness and sense of community. There was just a man and a woman with dead eyes, taking no interest in their customers at all. All they did was just stare into the distance. Their table was full of kids' junk, you know. Toys, magazines, crap PlayStation games, the usual. The usual. There were a lot of those Army men games, a few sports games as well. I reckon I missed all the good stuff. I was losing interest when I spotted an old PlayStation memory card out of the corner of my eye. Written on the front in chipped Tippex was the name Sam. Now this was a real hidden treasure. I bought it from the couple and tucked it into my wallet. Neither said a word or looked at me when they took my money. After that, I found my parents once more. Eventually, we got back in the car and went once again on our way to my cousin's house we stayed there for a few days i enjoyed hanging out with my cousins so i was quick to forget about my purchase in addition neither had a playstation so it didn't matter anyway <laughs> when i got back home i retrieved my old playstation from the attic and set it up i kept quite a few games too i had all the classics resident evil final fantasy tomb raider metal gear solid future cop etc
2: oh great games
1: However, before I played any of them, I turned on the console without a disc in. I remember you could do this to check out the contents of your memory card. I stuck Sam's into the slot and selected it. There were a few save files on it. Most of them were corrupt. Just strange symbols hanging there that displayed a strange series of characters instead of details. Others were games I had never heard of. However, there was one I recognized. Metal Gear Solid. It was the VR missions disc, to be precise. It said it had been completed 100%. I had both Metal Gear Solid and the VR Mission, so I decided to check it out. I could remember quite a bit about the VR Mission's disc, but the parts that stuck out of me were the giant sh- soldiers, the murder mysteries, and the photo shoot mode. I remember they were actually a lot of fun. I booted the game up. When I loaded the save, something odd happened. The title music stopped. sound sounded especially weird, because I had turned up the volume on my TV so I could get right into the game. There I was, suddenly plunged into silence. On top of that, there were no side effects as I scrolled through the menu options. It was a little eerie, but I chalked it up to the game or the console being old and worn out. <laughs> I remembered you could wait for Naomi's legstone cross to take a photo in photoshoot mode, and there was nothing there except a black space where a pussy should have been. It was little <laughs> empty- <laughs> <laughs> It was a little empty void left by the creators to disappoint a million pubescent kids. Jeez, amused I loaded up the photo shoot mode and selected Naomi as my model. When the level loaded, I remember thinking the music sounded a little strange. It was nothing eerie, just a little odd. Maybe it was slightly slowed down or something. Again, I chalked it up to either the game or the console's old age. I made Snake duck down and looked through the viewfinder, staring at Naomi's crotch and waiting for her to uncross her legs. I was determined to get that snap that had destroyed my perverted hopes and dreams of all those years ago. It took longer than I thought, and the first time it happened, I missed it. Waiting again, I almost missed a second time. Luckily, my reflexes had been sharpened by generations of gaming. Click, gotcha, a perfect snap of the little black zone where her pussy should have been. <laughs> I smiled to myself and shook my head. It was funny that I'd gotten so, so excited over something all those years ago. I was getting a little hungry, so I decided to take a break. I was just about to head downstairs and some food, so some food when I noticed something. I could hear crying. There were little sniffles and short intakes of breath. At first, I had no idea where it was coming from. For a moment, I noticed it was behind me. Then I realized it was coming from the game. I remember getting confused. Sitting there to listen to some voice coming from my TV up speakers. I just couldn't work out why it was happening. It started getting louder and a little more hysterical. I figured it was coming from Naomi. I tilted the camera upwards, wondering what the fuck was going on. Just as I got to her face, a horrible wail tore from my speakers and scared the shit out of me. Naomi was screaming at me. I just had time to register her twisted mouth and horrible eyes when I gasped and dropped the controller and landed on the ground on a button and the game came out of viewfinder mode. Snake was just kneeling there. I stood there, shaking, watching the characters seem to stare at one another. I could no longer see Naomi's face. I couldn't tell if she still had that horrible look across it. There was no one in my house. My parents were both still at work. I jumped forward and turned the console off. A little while later, I was laying in my bed thinking about that horrible face when it dawned on me that the characters in the game don't actually have eyes, just a darker shade of pixels. Their mouths never opened either. They just nodded their heads whenever they talk. Naomi's mouth, however, had been twisted open and her eyes were almost photorealistic. What the fuck? After a while, I convinced myself I had imagined the horrible details. You always do in situations like that. It was just some lame kid saved that he had somehow fucked with and managed to get the shit out of me with. I wondered what else he had managed to do to VR missions. Later that night, when my parents were home, I finally got the nerve to turn the console back on. I selected Photoshop shoot mode and chose Naomi as my model game. When the level loaded, I knew right away that something was wrong. The Stage was empty except for Snake. Naomi was nowhere to be seen. There was no music either. It was just the title screen. I ran across a little and the footsteps sounded louder than they should have it sounded real too like high quality sound effects recorded in a great hall the whole thing was a little unnerving but i kept telling myself there was some whiz kids stupid experiment still i couldn't shake the horrible sensation that something else was at play (laughs) there was nothing on the stage except snake i decided to look through the camera's viewfinder again to scan the level for well anything panning around i realized that all those graphics that usually floated in the background were gone all that scrolling information wasn't there level was just floating in a black silent abyss still panning i suddenly spotted something in the distance a vague shape in the darkness before i can focus on what it was it was gone i had no idea what i saw but it reminded me of one of those ghosts from metal gear solid you could see if you took photographs at the right places however you can only see them when you left the game and examine the photos in the in-game photo album they had been really creepy i remember when i was a kid i stopped looking for them because one of them had scared the shit out of me Still facing that horrible fizz, abyss, I took a photo roughly in the space I thought I saw something. I turned around and started taking photos all around me, a few being where Naomi was supposed to be standing. I left the game afterwards. I was relieved to get out of that horrible place. The menu still wasn't playing any music. There were still no sound effects when I scrolled through either. I loaded up the photo album and began to shuffle through the pictures. The first one was of the abyss that surrounded the level, or at least I think that's what it was. It was just a black image with no features. There were a few more like this, too. I remembered you could mess with the colors and contrast. So I played around with it, hoping I could see something. Nothing materialized. Eventually, I gave up. I scrolled across to the next image, the first shot of where Naomi should have been. What I was faced with was something completely different. It was a picture of a little boy tied up against a bed. It wasn't an in-game photo, but a real one. It was a real boy on a real bed with real ropes. The picture was slightly pixelated, but nothing compared to the low resolution of the game. Just at the edge of the picture, I could make out a leg. Someone was standing by the bedside. Something told me to turn the game off. Something darker told me to scroll to the next photo. I listened to the latter. The next photo made my stomach jump. Gloved hands were holding the boy's eyes open. They were forcing him to look at something off camera. The boy's expression was of absolute terror. A part of me was glad I couldn't see what he saw. I continued scrolling. They were torturing them they were torturing him now. Cutting open his skin and mutilating him in ways I can't describe. The photos only became more and more disturbing, never letting up. Each one was worse than the last. Violated him and tortured his little young body. I'd never seen anything like it.
0: <laughs> how how much how much longer on this one? Uh, a few paragraphs. Okay. I never knew humans were capable of such acts. Fuck. My body was
1: shaking and My hands could barely hold on to the controller, but I kept scrolling through the pictures. I was unable to stop myself. I came to another image. I, re- I was relieved to realize it was no longer of the boy. This relief, however, was short-lived. I squinted at the screen, wondering what exactly I was looking at. Then it hit me. My insides did a little wet flip and I froze. I dropped the controller again. No buttons being pressed when I hit the floor this time. I was staring at this image, mouseling, what the fuck, to myself, over and over. I stayed like that. For a while, my body completely functionless as I gaped at the screen. It was a shot of Nami with her legs uncrossed. It was the very first photo I had taken after switching on the game. It was a photo that started this horrible journey. Now, however, I could actually see her pussy. <laughs> it was the real image of a pussy, not pixelated or anything. It was just sitting right there in front of me in incredible detail. If I were still a teenager, I would have been delighted that all my hard work had paid off. I'm pretty sure every kid who tried seeing a photo of her snatch back then would have felt the same. Especially when compared to the black void that too many of us had actually faced. However, I was far from aroused in this situation. I noticed the pussy was moving. Pulsing with every breath as though I was watching a movie instead of an image. It was like some voyeur spy cam or something, and it was squelching. (laughs) As I sat there speechless, blood slowly sleep from the inside, drippling over her lips and legs and spreading fast. When her pussy was completely caked in red, Naomi finally began to move her body. She was slowly leaning down towards the camera. I really didn't want to see her face, but I couldn't look away. She was screaming at me with those horrible mouth and twisted eyes. She wasn't looking at the camera, but at me. I screamed back before she lunged. Out of nowhere, I found strength. I watched as my arm shot on my body and hit the power button. Her scream cut short. The scream went blank. I realized I was breathing heavily. I kept staring at the name Sam in white tip X as my lungs gradually relaxed. I never plugged it back in. That was the last time I ever played VR missions. I still have the memory card in my drawer, but I daren't open it. But for now, well, the memory card can stay in the drawer until I'm ready.
0: Was, I almost want more. <clears throat> I feel like I want like twice as more.
2: Twice as more, yeah.
0: Like like another twenty minutes
2: Thaddeus, you just you wrote that for the show. You didn't just you didn't definitely didn't just find that somewhere on the internet. Absolutely not. I
1: I I replayed Metal Gear Solid. VR missions? VR missions, sorry. And as a teenager? As a teenager. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to Wow, that's amazing. Well, thank
0: thank you so much for that. Um, Truly scary. Thank you. About having to look at.
2: I think we're going to have to do a part two of this. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Part one of
0: question mark? Part one of question mark. Yeah. I think that's a good way to end it. I mean, yeah, I think that's a good way to end it. Thank Um, you so much. Thank you so much to our guest, Thaddeus Rowling, Um, one of the best uh, horror microfiction writers i've ever had the pleasure of knowing uh my co-host garrett aka laughter beneath i am theo bobo for Creepy Pods. this is a good inaugural episode and we're definitely gonna have to bring you back thaddeus uh um, keep an eye you. out keep an eye out for the next episode stay um, we awake have everyone it ready in about three months so keep that keep it ready keep uh keep us updated and uh hey stay safe out there and you know Get a little weird if you have to. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night.